0: finish and i'm back here with salt lake city's most famous entrepreneur <laughs> by far this uh, dude is the community of salt lake this dude is legendary he's got he's gonna go into his story and everything that he's doing but no question someone i look up to thank you man hugely yeah, yeah. bro hugely you are like doing it for yeah. real
1: and like locally
0: and dope. it's it's dope dude and i think it's not gonna be so local for very long
1: amen welcome to the show baby dude it's uh it's an honor to be here <laughs> man i say that up. i'm like here we are um by the way am i looking in here or am i looking you at look you at like me. where do you want it at you yeah okay perfect. look at me i mean when there's cameras going i'm like hey where are we gonna you know we're we gonna pop this up <laughs> dude it's so dope to be here with you
0: and it's we barely fun even to see talked. what you're doing. We barely it's, even talk to you.
1: It's like a few like late night text messages yeah. or DMs on Instagram yeah. or like waving from a distance or seeing you in passing, which is the reality of entrepreneurship. Right. And? and you and we just kind of
0: recognize it, like, oh, we know how that is. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. And in I, fact, I do that with other restaurant owners. It's like, haven't seen you in forever, and I probably haven't texted you back in yeah. like X long. But you
1: know how it is. Right? I think I think those that really get it, that understand what it means to like grow your business from the ground up, and and reality is like grow your business from nothing but like vision. And tenacity, and maybe ambition, and a little bit of resources. However you got it, however you came about that. Yeah. But I think you can relate. Yeah. And that was something when I saw you. Um, and I can't remember the first time we engaged, but I mean, I've been watching you from a distance. I'm like, he gets it. Yeah. And and I'm I uh, I appreciate that. I yeah. appreciate that type of of effort and that type of just again just tenacity and ambition, it, man. It's it, exciting for me. It's like
0: I think of it like. The depth of someone versus the width of someone. I'm like, we might we're not like the most followed people like on Instagram yeah. necessarily, right? But like, if you do follow, you probably get and understand that like we're actually doing it the right way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like,
1: I I can say I don't know if it's necessarily the right way, but I do know that there is a wrong way, and I feel like us sharing a bit of our recipe yeah. and a bit of our method, I think that to me. Is what's most important under these conditions. If you're committed to being a great entrepreneur and also like committed to other entrepreneurs and, and providing a bit of roadmap or experience, I think sharing it in its in its realest form. I think the first time I actually connected with you, dude, you were apologizing on Instagram. Oh, you were man. literally like, "Hey, we just got our ass kicked." One of the kicked. most interesting. <laughs> yeah, like, we were totally got smoked, but you flipped the script. You flipped the script, and I was like, "He gets it." Yeah. The dude wants to fail fast and grow. And yeah. dude, that's it's um it's fun to watch, man. Yeah, it's fun to watch.
0: What do you What are you doing? What you're doing for like? Because I, I like to sometimes address that. Why am I even? Po- why do I post so much? You know what I yeah. mean? Like why am I? What am I trying to get out of this? What What's your answer for that? Like why are you trying to be the community, ah. dude? Why do you want all the attention, like, dude? What, it's too, what are it's, your
1: intentions with that? It, it, it's twofold for me, right? It's twofold for me, bro. I love to create. I love to create. I love how people feel. Around a table, I love connectivity. That's how I love dining rooms. I love anthropology of space. I love cool brands because of how people buy into it. Like that's what I'm about. Yeah. Like, dude, I, I love what. Dude, by the way, like I'm packing heat right here, sugar free of course, Let's right? Go. But I'm packing thirst heat right here. And <laughs> reality is, to me, it has to be more than a great a great drink, a great uh, you know a great bun, a roll, a scone, whatever it might be. Yeah. It, to me, there's more. And when I buy into something or I buy into someone, I buy into it universally. Yeah. Like I wanna know who you are as an, as an operator, who you are as an individual, who you are as a leader. And so gravitating towards someone like you is big for me. So twofold for me is, dude, I love to create. And a part of creating, creating is creating opportunity, not just experiences, yeah. right? And so second is, dude, I love seeing potential in people. I love it. Yeah. I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you come in my dining room, you see me with my up. team. Yeah. The reality of it is it's, it's just how I live. I'm this way all the time. Yeah. There's no off switch for me. I'm this way at home. I'm this way. Whether I'm in the gym, dude, I'm hiking up the mountain, dude, I'm with you tableside, dude, or I'm sitting in a podcast with you. Yeah. I'm always peaking. And I love seeing potential in people. And I love championing that potential through opportunity, through resource, guidance, development, association. Yeah. I love going arm in arm with people, dude, and I love feeling fast. So it's like, dude, it's one thing to jump into the, I, you know, I don't know why I'm using this analogy, but it seems like it's working for me. But it's one thing to, you know, go off the the high jump, dude, into a pool and cannonball on your own bro you get three or four others with you on that top ledge bro and you all hit the water together that splash is massive yeah and i love making a massive splash yeah dude and it changes people's lives yeah it just changes people's lives so dude it just so happens that food and hospitality man craft and hospitality gonna be my conduit for making a big splash in my neighborhood yeah yeah
0: were you always all in like whatever you're doing are you just kind of all in on it and wanting to be the best at it and just go crazy with it
1: no question Right? Like, I, I, my journey's a little different, dude. I didn't come from a lot of thought partnership or development. Like, there wasn't anyone around my home table, like, talking to me about what university I'm gonna go to or what school I'm gonna take on or, like, what entrepreneurship means. Like, I'm just starting businesses because I wanted the hustle and I wanted things. Right? I was that kid that was like, dude, I want that car. I want that house. I want that shoe. I want that life. And the reality is for me, I didn't grow up around a lot of those choices. I grew up in a family that that unconditionally loved. And I think that's such a recipe, yeah. right? Because I never spent a single day not feeling like I was incredibly loved. But the rest was up to me. Yeah. And, and I can say for years, I tried to figure this out, dude, from from coaches and life coaches to to therapists, dude, to thought partners and mentors, to podcasts, to whatever it might be, dude, ultimately ended up like with a Buddhist monk trying to figure out like, dude, how do I, how do I figure out this, this life of kind of breath and counterbalance? And, you know, I feel like I need to slow down from time to time. And I just realized, dude, that, that some people have a certain amount of horsepower. And I realized that like, kind of breathing techniques and taking a breath is not for me, dude. I'm an all-in guy. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm far better at going all-in than I am at being moderate. So yeah. what I've learned is my disciplines on what I'm willing to commit to because I only know how to go all-in. Yeah. And so I'm either all-in or I'm all-out. There's no in-between for me. Yeah. You've... So was this just like a big long
0: journey of figuring out what your mindset is? Like how you what your perspective is on life basically? Bro,
1: I'm more self-aware today I've like been a long time. Yeah. There's, <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm 24 like dude, and I'm telling you know, me, bro, I didn't start to figure this out like I'm in my late 30s, but I feel Like, dude, I feel better in my late 30s than I felt at 30. And at 24, 25, like you, dude, you're incredibly thoughtful and resourceful. You ask a lot of questions. At 24, I didn't ask anybody shit, dude. (laughs) I just thought I had it all. I thought I knew it all. I was like this young executive traveling the country, opening restaurant after restaurant. And I thought I had it all figured out. And the reality is at 24, 25, I didn't know anything compared to what I know now. And so the self-awareness came from a lot of hard failure, yeah. It came from like this self-convincing narrative that I told myself I wanted to to be something without listening to what I truly wanted to become. And the reality is for so long, I had this artful self-narrative that was like, be an operator. Like you're going to be the COO, CEO, president of large emerging brands. And I thought that's what I wanted. And I, I continued to get there and couldn't understand when I got there, why I almost became somewhat like self-sabotaging. Like... Why do I not want to be here when that's yeah. all I've wanted? And I realized that my reward center is this. Dude, my reward center is even in parallel, dude. I have no direct vest. I have no economic investment in your success, as you know, beyond being a customer, mm. right? I get gratification in seeing you and others win if I've just shared a little bit of the recipe that's been able to help kind of mold your cake yeah. or help bring your drink together or yeah. help accelerate your drive through or expand yeah. your dining room or grow you know from a marketing standpoint. And so I think for me, dude, it was getting clear in my reward center that I'm here to like share my story because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs can relate. Yeah. I think it also gives people the chance that, It's real. Like, dude, I started this with literally nothing more than my heart and my mind and horsepower. That was it. I didn't start this with a loan. I didn't start this with people giving me money. I started this by losing, honestly, dude, everything along the way until I got to a place where I'm like, I'm doing this from my heart, from my heart for people. And so I think the last two years of my 15 or so in business has really helped me identify like, my kind of my identity my wants yeah. like i'm more self-aware today than ever yeah dude and i think it just translates in my work yeah did you decide to start sharing it like
0: using social going all in on social or was it just like when social came around naturally like we started
1: talking on that one too no dude in fact i feel like i was late to social yeah i really do like i i had people that we know that omar Presswitches, is the roger rojas is the case like others you know even go as, as far as as uh jeez, uh, what's the dude's name? Gary V, right? Mm-hmm. That you hear this, like, throw it oh, out yeah. there. Throw oh, yeah, it out Gary there, V, that no yeah, totally yeah, knows about. Yeah. <laughs> like, get out there, share your message. I'm like, dude, listen, that's not for me, baby. I'm all in on my brand, Tunnel Vision. I'm doing me. Where and do you differ from, like, what Gary V wants versus what you want? I think, I think here's the reality. I discounted the importance of building your personal brand, of building your audience, and went yeah. all in on my brands first. Yeah. And I made a transition about 18 months ago to go all in on the Michael McHenry brand, yeah. like all in on me yeah. to help that ignite and accelerate all the brands I build and the brands around me. And dude, it was the best decision I made. Not only I think personally, as well as just from a, from a strategic positioning within the business. And here's why. When you start throwing yourself out on social, which you do, right? That becomes like this like storybook. It's like your journal out loud. And when you get comfortable just being vulnerable, with everyone, bro. To me, it felt like, like whatever your beliefs are, are armed, dude. It felt to me, it's like so intimate when you pray out loud. And to me, it's like all of a sudden you're you're giving this video journal out loud to people you don't even know. Yeah. And to me, what that allowed me to do is it, it built my muscle around being okay with like sharing my fears and sharing my failures. Accelerated my business because I grew. I grew a self-confidence in that, dude, that I feel like makes me a way better leader. You mean leader. In like
0: posting stories totally. and stuff like that? Yeah, because yeah. You're,
1: you're sharing your yeah. message all yeah. day long. All day. You're literally just sharing it. Yeah. Like You're sharing the wins and the losses, dude, the, the failures. And I get that, like, dude, your life looks perfect. I'm like, bro, where were you guys for 15 years? The problem is I actually because i'm these successes we're having now feel like they're overnight and they're really after 15 years yeah. it's a 15 year overnight success i don't look forward to closing any restaurants bro and i don't look forward to massive failures but i can look back now and go damn you know, walking into a restaurant that you put your heart and soul into and several hundred thousand dollars and you're walking in and locking the door behind you to let the staff know did you do that I've done that. I've just never recorded it because that was before I was sharing that. Yeah. But I can say today, if I was to lock up a restaurant, dude, I can tell you right now, bro, I'm taking I'm taking the social environment and my community on that journey because yeah. there's so much to be learned. Yeah. And going dark. That's
0: exactly what we did in that piece of content you're talking about. Yeah. We ended up two months ago. just. It just. What we was losing money every day, anyways. Yeah. It could have been really good. It just I was if I looked at mine and Rachel's time, it's higher ROI and yeah. We have these stores that we have Dude, right now, totally. so we ended up we literally just put a post out. Hey guys, like we just don't think it's a good value right now. We might come back to it later, but we're closing it. Yeah, to so close down the ghost kitchen. I worked on it for like eight months. Yeah, probably spent twenty five grand. On that,
1: you know, there's some real, but there's real value in in knowing when to bow out. Like knowing when to bow out. Further away. Yeah. Knowing when to bow out. Like knowing when it's time to yeah. abandon a vision. Yeah. Because I think oftentimes we as entrepreneurs get to this place where like we become so romantic about it working because we're so convinced. Yeah. That we just dude, mind sharing resources just become exhausting you know, through that point. And so, dude, that's big, especially dude at 25, whatever, 24, 25. And not the age is a difference, but it's like, dude, if I understood the importance of that when I was 24, 25, I mean, I feel like the success I would create would be overwhelming at this point.
0: Well, the, and the thing I feel like that you know for short, because what I appreciate appreciate about you and people Sorry, like... Bro, I
1: got to take a pause for my thirst, bro. As you
0: should. People like Gary Vee or people like our buddies and they're... Practitioners, Like, you know how to make payroll on a restaurant, right? Yeah. And I know that you, you didn't even say this, but I know that you know, too, like, which account probably drives more traffic to Brunch Me Hard? Brunch Me Hard or your account? Yeah. Definitely it's yours, right? Like, Omar and I were talking about it yesterday. If you could have a personal brand account yeah. for your store, for your franchise of Crumble, or you could, they'd let you have, you know, your store with the little location after it, a hundred times out of 10, it's going to be the personal brand.
1: I mean, here's the reality, dude. I've opened in market seven plus brands that are successful in the marketplace today. I've had brands that, that I've held for several years that have five or 6,000 followers that are highly, like highly relevant, highly profitable, very viable. And I look at Sunday's best and yeah, do do we check a few market trends? Of course, like do we hook some things? But I'll (laughs) tell you, it's the only brand I've opened since I got serious about my personal brand and where I put my personal brand first. And when we launched, it went from a few hundred followers, you know, call it 800 to a thousand followers at the ribbon cutting to I think we're 12 weeks in now. 12 to 13 weeks in, we're over 11,000 followers on Instagram. We haven't bought a single one or paid a single influencer. I think a big part of that has to do with the presence and I think relevance of my personal brand without question.
0: Can I tell you what I think would crush it for you?
1: Yeah, please.
0: If if you talk to the camera like I did as frequently and as literally just like straight up, you like, I don't have much to say right now, but if you're interested, this is what my day consists of. Yeah. I think you'd go crazy. Yeah. I want to know that. Like yeah. I want to see those stories like yeah. anyone that's below you yeah. trying to become you yeah. is dying to see those. And the thing I think about a lot is like what works good on social different shit. Yeah. Different shit works good. Like yeah, you have totally. to change it. Up. Yeah. And if you I could take your account from fire to just yeah.
1: out there. Okay. Let's do this. You dude. know, it's interesting. Is that, that was...
0: something I like a little bit like you're not comfortable
1: with? No. To, dude, here, here's the reality. During, like... like during the pandemic, right? When all the restaurants were closed, I'm running these round tables. I'm turning the camera on me like every day. Yeah, And I'm ta- I'm like literally, sometimes I'm setting it up on the dash. I'm doing 90 on the freeway. dude. And yeah. People are commenting about that too. And like I'm like, a, listen, this like is like my time. IPhone? Totally on my iPhone. Yeah. Just turn it around. And also just like walking the sidewalks downtown almost every day during kind of peak pandemic time. I was turning the the camera on me. I yeah. haven't done that as much lately, but dude, I'm going to totally do it now. You should. Yeah. Uh, let me
0: have you help me because I know it's going to help a million people. Okay. So, let's do some it. Some stuff I'm struggling with. Yeah. Just not struggling with, but definitely developing leadership skills, obviously, in a lot of yep. ways. Yeah. As we're working on basic, Bountiful will be our fifth store. Then we have a yeah. mid which is sixth. Really yeah, yeah. close after. Yeah. Yeah. And... I, I just noticed that the seems like the biggest variable is literally, how can you communicate with your team and have a relationship to where you can get them to do what you want them to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like at scale. Yeah, totally. With two hundred employees, and I know other people are going through <laughs> the exact same thing. Tell me about because you've done that, dude. Tell me about some like practical things that we can hold on. Totally. to. Totally.
1: I think I think first and foremost, you you're going from direct control to indirect control, and there's a radical difference between the two. Ethan has been able at maybe one to three locations to bounce around, to work supply chain, to work creative, to hype teams, to work drive throughs to like catering, like whatever it might be. I've watched you do it, dude, and it's chaotic. You're working, dude, literally 80% of your life that you're awake, you're literally like bouncing around. And dude, honestly, you can do that at three. Yeah, you can do that at three stores. You can do that at four. Dude, honestly, you can do it at five or six stores. But here's the reality. The only way you're gonna succeed at scale is that when you understand how to create results and outcomes through other people, which means you're no longer the one making that drink, rolling that dough, taking that order. Yeah. You are now guiding others how to make that dough.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Make that drink and take that order. And so the first kind of big overarching, like maximum behavior that you need to understand is there's a transition from direct control to indirect control. So what does that mean? That means I need to build a structure, right? Around getting people really, the reality is this building a structure to duplicate in your likeness, which is like, how do I build five more Ethan's? How do I build a framework? And oftentimes we go, Oh, it's training or it's systems or it's build cards or it's, it's, uh, you know, it's Leadership Summit, it's, it's communication, it's it's this platform, and all of those things are real. But I think what we have to understand when we go to scale is that we no longer have direct control of our success, we have indirect control of our success, and we have to get the 10 other Ethans to execute at that level. Yeah. And what's beautiful about mastering the art of indirect control is that your Ethans that you duplicate will actually be better than you you will actually find some. They may not care about the business as much as you do, but you're gonna find someone who's actually better at taking orders than yeah. you. They're gonna find someone who's actually a better manager than you. Yeah. You're gonna find someone with greater you know, culinary background and expertise than you. Yeah. And that takes a lot of confidence. And so for those that are listening in, for those that are kind of uh, finding themselves in this challenging space of scale, the first advice I'm gonna give you is that recognize that from indirect control or direct control to indirect control and the next one is reflection. It's all on you now. Like you have to grow an inner confidence that it's okay and that you find yourself where you don't have to be directly involved in the operation. You have to build enough self-confidence that you can execute. Now you've invested in others to get to that outcome. And you as an individual, have to become confident in that.
0: So it's essentially like you're hyper-focused on your stores and everything going in and out of them for one to three, and then you s- automatically switch to that corporate team you hire or area manager you hire to focusing on what can I do to him to get him to do what I want, essentially. You right?
1: got to make it clear. Like him your our- North Star has got to be blinding bright. And you go from like, what used to be the solve to every problem is more hours and more activation to this is what success looks like and here is our plan yeah and so you're gonna go from like you doing kind of everything and the solve to more to, to your opportunities or your challenges or successes or more labor and now it's more strategic planning now it's resource deployment and good management yeah and that's a shift
0: yeah it's it, a shift it almost feels like I'm cheating sometimes you know like no nah, I gotta I wanna be in, like, I gotta hustle this one out. Do you know what I mean? Dude, there was a
1: time, no shit. There was a time when, I'm not gonna say I got bored, but it was like, okay, I'm gonna go grab this new revenue stream idea. Yeah. Like, corporate like, C-suite, CEO of an emerging brand, over a thousand team members, doing a crazy amount of revenue, were highly profitable, and I'm like, this is kinda cush. Not that I wanted to be cush, but it was kinda like, okay. I want to challenge the team. I want to challenge me differently because great operations drive owners crazy because they don't feel like they're doing enough. Let me give you an example. Years and years ago, when I first became an indirect leader, like a district manager, Mm -hmm. right? This is years ago and a a (coughs) very successful, yeah, first time. And I remember, dude, I was on the golf course with my boss and my phone kept ringing. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. My boss is in the golf cart with me. People are calling me. Dude, of course they need me. Like, I'm solving problems on the yeah. phone, dude. I'm like, I'm talking about like, let's get hyped up. Like, we're going to slay tonight. Everything smothered. Everything smothered. Everyone gets chips and queso. Every, like, everyone with the translate chase, if they don't buy desserts, you buy it for them. Like, I'm literally like hyping, right? It was all of this stuff. And I'm, dude, I'm doing everything from like literally in my mind. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of creating a bit of a story now. But the reality is like, it's like, dude, I'm talking grease traps. I'm talking yeah. tortilla Kamals. I'm talking some other brews upsells, clock-ins, clock-outs, cleanliness, all the things that you, as an operator and as an owner, are important. And I'm basically like bragging so my boss can hear. Yeah. And I get off and they I'm like, dude, all these yeah, totally. And I get off with him and I'm like, dude, isn't it so badass, bro? We're just kicking ass and taking names. he goes, no. I'm like, what do you mean no? And here I am, I'm doing this because I think I'm impressing my boss and mentor at the time. And he goes, let me give you a little insight. And I go, what's that? And he goes, great operators' phones don't ring. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah. He goes, great operators' phones don't ring. And I go, well, dude, I'm a great operator. He says, well, maybe. He goes, you're, you're a glorified manager right now. Yeah. I go, what does that mean? And so we break this down. And this was a breakthrough for me breakthrough in my time because here I am thinking that I'm impressing my boss and my boss is telling me like, listen, actually, you're missing it. Like you're doing everybody's job for him. What you're yeah. not getting clear on is what success looks like and how to resource and get people to that outcome. Yeah. So he said to me, he goes, "M, I want you to keep, take a legal pad and I want you to keep it next to you. And every time your phone rings during the day, I want you to write down who called you and why. And he goes, and then the next day, it's exactly what I want you to work on. Yeah. He goes, I want you to work on your phone never ringing. And so think about that right yeah, now for Ethan. Genius. What are the calls that you get and the messages that you get from the restaurants right now? Yeah. Just think about that, and then note those and go. How do I keep those from happening? Is it greater training? Is it new talent acquisition? Is it uh, better systems? Is it you know build cards, recipes, different schedules? Like what are those reasons? And when you go to scale, if you duplicate in the amount of calls that you're getting or the amount of, that you need, you'll burn out. Mm-hmm. But if you start to look at what the business needs are, and then you strategically identify that as like your hit list for the day, the week, the month, whatever it might be, yeah. and build a framework around it, dude, I think you'll get a breath that'll allow you to be a better up and out leader. Like a CEO and visionary needs to be focused on what is our North Star and where are we going? Yeah. And as an operator, when you're down in the weeds, it's all performance and viability. Yeah. And right now you're both. And the reality is you will be both probably forever to some extent, but at what point do you see yourself leaning more into your business and operations and performance or do you see yourself leaning out and up and going like, we're gonna take thirst to the moon. Yeah. But you can't take thirst to the moon, dude, if you're in the weeds. Talk, talk to me about, um, well. I'm gonna take a thirst. While take Dude, that's genius. The thirst? No. I think it is, bro. Oh, because I got—I dropped that light bulb on you right now, and now no, you're so going like... Way to think about it. And we don't have to complicate it. Like, we don't have to complicate it. Yeah. We as, like, owners, as operators, we think that everything has to be hard, so we make it hard. Yeah. And, dude, I'm saying some of the things that move our organizations the most actually are the least complex. Yeah. If we let them be.
0: Yeah. How do you, uh, what are some things, tips to, like, talk? Is there a certain way you communicate with your team? Are there like, any structure within you do that? Like, I, I sometimes, like, I just notice my mood can change the whole company in two seconds. Yeah. It can change 150 people just by walking into the room. Totally and like i don't know do you how much emotion do you bring into business how much emotion do you bring into when you're upset with your team like how would you handle a situation like that
1: dude i'm going to i'm going to bring like the what I believe is like the MBA, the doctorate of like human behavior. Cause that's just only hard learned, like over time. And in no way am I probably qualified enough to speak from that level. But I'm gonna bring, like this isn't the 101 stuff or the 1050 stuff, this is like the advanced stuff. Yeah, Here's the me. reality, dude. And I'm gonna give you a, cup, a couple of them. One is you have to take direct control of what you can take direct control over. And it just so happens that our biggest variable to our success is our behavior. And no one's in control of that but you. You can allow other people to affect you. You can allow metrics and schedules and environment and crisis and realities to affect that. But at the end of the day, Ethan's in charge of Ethan and Ethan's behavior. And I actually am the exact same way. I know that I can literally shift the organization immediately based off my presence. So I want to use an example. Think about the amount of times you've engaged with me. Have I been somewhat predictable? Do you predict I'm going to walk in on fire? 100%. And do you, whether, whatever form you've seen me in, the, whether I'm passing you at an event that we didn't know we were going to see each other in or you're anticipating I'm walking through the door, I'm predictable. Here's why. I feel like the best leaders in the country or in the world are predictable, good and bad. I spend a lot of time making sure my character's in check. Yeah. If I, if I can't carry myself in a way that furthers the organization, I don't show up. Yeah. It's rare that I don't, but I'm going to tell you that over time, I've realized that I have that ability. I am like that denominator, good, bad, and ugly for the organization, and so if I can't be on my game, if I can't be Michael McKinnon, I don't show up. Yeah, I don't show up for that reason. The next one is this, and this is a lesson I want, I want you to hear because you say this in your words and, and right now, where we find ourselves in this place where we're extremely passionate, Dude, you're passionate. Dude, I've watched you literally like getting your ass kicked on the dough roll before, dude. And you make it seem like you're swimming, dude, in the (laughs) ocean in Fiji, bro. Like you, you, you make like shit look awesome. And I'm the same way. Like we're like, we're ducks in the water. But here's something that I learned from my coach years ago that literally has changed my life. In the times in which I'm not most passionate, in the times in which I'm most emotional. Are the times in which I need to become most curious. Think about it. When you're frustrated, you're 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 pissed, you're upset, whatever it might be, you show up and you're like, dude, hell, get out of the way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rescue this. Like, we're 25 cars down, we're three people down, like whatever those reasons That's are. That's the realest scenario
0: you ever just threw out. Right? Totally, right?
1: But you come in hot, right? Instead of coming in like All horsepower. You can come in and be LeBron James. Come in and be Spider Mitchell or Jordan Clarkson. Whatever you want to do to come in and win the game. Be the sixth man and come in on the bench and score 30. And you can walk in too with this open heart and open mind and ask a few questions that you need to ask. Take your note from the phone call. Right? And actually get better while you rescue the team. Instead of coming and rescue the team, beat up morale. Right? And then recover it for the next two to three days. You can actually come in and go like, we're all going to work hard. We're already in the mess. We're going to figure out how we're going to get better from it. We're going to grow. And I'm going to ask a bunch of questions. I'm going to be super curious for the thirst family, right, while we all lean in. Yeah. so in those times when you're most emotional, become most curious, dude. It will change your freaking life. And it will do nothing but move morale in a more connective and furthering position.
0: What's your take on being – because I think I spend a lot of time thinking about, like, am I being too soft on this person or and i honestly get that rep a little bit probably in my in our company yeah. it's like oh maybe i should have fired someone yeah. earlier yeah. what's your take on like you know holding people super accountable and be, you know kind of being more strict versus being more of a soft
1: type of leader listen dude i think both are good I think that there's no question that there's something to be say, said about like having this very massaging uh, style and like how you grow and further talent. I think that's also a, more of a manager's mentality. I think reality is when you're in there 50, 60 hours a week with the same team, you need a massage. And the reality is when you have an opportunity to be brief, be bright, be gone, you just have to realize that you, you have the organization. You are the last line of defense. So there's a difference. I think you have to separate like how you engage with your store level teams versus your executive team yeah. or those that you're rolling with every day and I think they're a bit different. And so. Executives th- specifically. Yeah, like executives specifically. So I think that reality is you have to make the, the, you have to make the expected outcome so clear. yeah, And so resourced. And you have to put your energy into what the expectation is, not in your relationship with the individual. And when you make the outcome not personal, then you can lean in in any fashion in which you want with the personalities that you lead. Right. It's when you don't make your expectation, the goal, the north star, the outcome, incredibly bright and incredibly clear, that's when you're gonna find yourself at conflict with your team. And yeah. so I think that that massaging is good, but I also think that accountability partnership is better. Yeah, And I think performance to plan is golden. Yeah, And I think this soft science of like rah, 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 let's go own the world together, Without any like clear, you know, expected outcome, it's honestly, dude, it's just prolonging uh, you know needed change. Yeah. And I would say that's that's really where I would come from. Yeah, man. just
0: every situation's so different. It's you so different, have every
1: who's... talent is so different. Yeah,
0: I totally believe in that. Yeah. And so what
1: you do with that, you have executive team, it's ten people, it's five people, it's four people, it's zero people instead of trying to figure out how am I going to work with these eight different personalities, just make sure that all eight personalities that support you understand what you expect and what, what you're clear on, like, where are we going and how are we getting there? Yeah. And then it'll be less about like how you're working with each one independently and more about what you're all doing to independently contribute to the mission. Yeah. Like- and bro, that's art. It is art. Leadership is art. And I don't think that like saying, Hey, be, be me, or I'm trying to be you is the right recipe. I think it's find out what you believe is best for your environment and for what you expect with your mission and vision. And literally like balls to the walls with unwavering pursuit. Get there. Yeah. You know, with your team,
0: as you were like earlier in your career, how did you handle like the stress and anxiety of just, just the prep, the stakes are higher. You know what I mean? Like uh, a 2% 2% raise in labor at four stores hurts bad, you know, versus at one store, I didn't you didn't really feel it as much. And so just, I mean, the stakes are higher. I mean, yeah. you know, more anxious, more stressed yeah, I think, stuff I think, than I think, ever. I think here's
1: the reality. I got really good at compartmentalizing. <laughs> and Dude, that's not healthy. You're saying, like, how did you deal with stress? How did you deal with, you know, the pressures, the anxieties of performance, of growth, of well, lack of experience? Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, like, dude, reality is, dude, I feel like as an entrepreneur, dude, if they're, like, if you're not spending, like, maybe a day, a morning, a month, kind of in the shower on the floor going, like, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. <laughs> you're actually not making a big splash. Yeah. Like, you're you're not driving yourself through discomfort. Yeah. I think the moment that you become complacent or you get to a point where it's like cruise control, exit.
0: Yeah.
1: Exit because all you're gonna do is sabotage your business. Yeah. You're gonna sabotage the people around you. And so I think that that is real. I think those pressures are real. And so when you ask me like what did I do to deal with it early in my career, I compartmentalized and I just I almost like got very good at creating a narrative where it didn't exist. And I just talked myself into a new outcome. And now (laughs) it's like focused on solutions. And now I just take time. I literally dude I'm more thoughtful now than I've ever been about my operation, about my people, about my community, about like what's important to me. And so now I just I just give myself time to process. I give myself time to think versus just overwhelm situations myself and others with horsepower and more. Yeah. Yeah. I just I spend more time on that and dude, it's why I hike almost every day. Yeah. I hike almost every day to give that bit of counterbalance to my mind share. Yeah. To help me be more thoughtful and participate more. You know, I'll use this as a father, but dude for years I thought I was a great father. And I and I I was a great provider. But as a father, you want participation, you want mentorship, you want involvement, you want to show up, and I showed up differently. I really showed up economically. Yeah, And the last few years where I've shown up and participated with my daughter thoughtfully i've become what i believe is is a very good dad yeah because i participate yeah. and so i think if we take that example to our business you have to figure out a way and those listening that are finding themselves in this situation we have to find a way to be more thoughtful and to participate differently um oftentimes differently um if if we're expecting you know a different result right and um, so I would say like you've got to give yourself time to think and, think and to participate
0: yeah. um, you are alpha dude you're cool <laughs> you're dope you're dope Thanks, like bro. people look up to you like what 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 do you message are you trying to tell if I like to think like entrepreneurs my age at least at some point will yeah, be yeah this, sure into this sure or maybe it's my kid or maybe it's everyone in Salt Lake like what what message are you trying to spread like what's what do you want to make cool you know what i mean because you got a yeah, moment where you totally. can people are looking yeah. up to you all over salt lake like you can make whatever you want to be cool like
1: dude i'll tell you this you much right now dude i think again these are kind of loaded questions which i love and i think they're always kind of multifaceted for me and i think the biggest one is connectivity like, dude, I, like, while I'm sit- why I'm sitting here with you honestly isn't because I feel like you need me to sit with you to, to honestly run a better business or to sell more great drinks or continue to scale. You're already doing that. Yeah. And I think sitting down with you, like, I don't have to sit down with you to continue to create success in my business. But I think here's the reality. I'm sitting down with you because connectivity is important to me. Yeah. And I want a community that leans on each other, that celebrates each other's success, that recognizes that we all need, like, a tiny bit of the available market share to be wildly successful. So let's just help. Abundance, dude. Let's help each other. Abundance. Yeah, being abundant. And so connectivity for me is huge. Dude, it's like, I spent so many years, like right now, dude, like if we, like, dude, I brought you a dope pair of Nikes Yeah, You got to show those on camera at some point. Jeez. But my point is, is like, I wish I would have known six to eight years ago that if I just wore a dope pair of J's to the dining room instead of just collect them and keep them under my stairs, because I was so <laughs> afraid to wear them. Because as a kid, dude, Jordans weren't an option for me. And so when I could afford to buy them, I kept them like on a, on a crystal pedestal, dude. Yeah. I never wore them. Yeah. But here's something that's interesting. And we talk about Connectivity. By wearing a pair of J's in my dining room and the amount of conversations and the ability for my team to relate to me, younger demos, relate to me versus walking in in a freaking $2,000, $3,000 suit and dude, you're making yourself even more intimidating, you're parking your, your exotic, you know, you your parking. You see this all the time. Yeah, I see it. And by the way, I was that guy. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm wearing a watch that costs more than your car, right? <laughs> like, at that point, and I'm like, I thought that was important and the reality is, dude, what I, I did not realize that something like a pair of sneakers, a dope pair of J's, could be so furthering in culture because it allowed it allowed my team to approach me with something a little more casual something a little more kind of hip connective and culturally based yeah. and so i talk about that now where it's like dude, I oftentimes wear sneakers and jeans and hats and dress a little more youthful to my style because I want to make myself more relatable. I want to make myself more approachable instead of being this like large presence that's intimidating. So I say that like, dude, connectivity is really why I do what I do and I also like, dude, I think I have a recipe for winning and I want other people to win and I'm willing to give it everything they need. They just got to show up and execute.
0: Yeah. Well, and... my answer to that question is I just feel like with attention you could do anything like if you want to go spread this whatever message you have do that if you want to just play the game of entrepreneurship and go start a million businesses and have your audience follow
1: you. That works too. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: You can literally do anything at that point. Yeah.
1: I just dude, connectivity, man, I love it. I love our sidewalk. I love the people that make it up. I think we live in the greatest city in the world, dude. I believe it. Have I been to every city in the world? No, but I think it's gonna be <laughs> tough to rival this one. I, and I and I, I love agree. it more today, more authentically, more genuinely today than ever before. Yeah like, than ever before, and I think, that, I think you have that. I think you have this ability that shows people that it's possible. I think you have this ability to connect people through a super cool brand Yeah. And thirst in and what you're creating. It's attractive to me, dude, I'm a brand builder. Yeah. Like, like my, my life revolves around creating great, viable, sustainable brands.
0: What's on the horizon? Like, ah. tell me about it. What yeah,
1: dude, I think, you know.
0: What's on your mind, what do you think's
1: next? What do you wanna do, what do you wanna get done? Bro, I wanna help a crazy amount of people. Like, I want, I want to help a crazy amount of people. I don't know that exact number. I don't even know the exact number is is important as much as, like, I just want to help people succeed. I want to help create community, dude, that, like, loves, that loves, but also is not afraid to just be tenacious and ambitious and loud. Yeah. Like, I, I love that. I love that. Um, you know, I, I continue to just, even as I talk to you, man, I almost get a little bit emotional. Like, not in tears, but in just like, I just want to like jump up and go after it because I know that I can help people. Yeah. I know I can help people win. So next for me, obviously is to continue to have a greater and greater and, and more sustained impact in our community. And if you're asking me in terms of brand, <laughs> I mean, you know, pancakes and champagne are hot as can be uh, right now, but I can tell you, I also know that everything tastes better in a tortilla and I can't wait to disrupt that market. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I can't wait for it. I, we're going to continue to bring what we believe is the, is the market's next best. I feel like we're just getting in stride now, but the McHenry Group is here to really be the most progressive, experiential uh, concept creation brand in our sector, in the country. And yeah, we're tucked away here in the Southwest, but I can tell you right now, I already believe that we're rivaling what's happening coast to coast. So what you're building is a
0: restaurant group, essentially.
1: It's built, right? Yeah. Yeah yeah I mean TMG's sole purpose is to incubate like experiential restaurant brands and proof their viability and, and ultimately exit to like thoughtful operators and funds that want to take stuff to scale and
0: What's, to what
1: point do you guys want to take
0: things like how many locations of a brand would you want
1: our sweet spot I believe is three to five locations I think you learned that really we just blowing them up just three to five locations and creating wild success yeah. from it and then ultimately exiting to great partners you saw us recent you you saw one of the most valuable acquisitions happen in the Utah market with Dirty Bird Hot Chicken with yeah. Wags Capital and Aaron Wagner and their partners. I'm um, seeing not only the like uh, success and viability of the current business, but saw this roadmap of what they can believe they can create with it. And yeah. when you just think about an acquisition like that, think about 263 square feet yielding a 20 million dollar investment and only had been open for 22 months. Yeah. And it's almost like mind blowing. How are you doing it? It's like, think about this. It's almost $90,000 a square foot. And we do that by creating not only a recipe for success and market timing, but growth like showing that there's there's a growth opportunity and ramp for these brands to be successful in the marketplace. And we spend as much time on our relevance and the future of what we're building as we do in the current state of our viability. And yeah. we put as much focus into both.
0: Yeah, I think something that you told me at that conference or something, because we need in, we would love to increase sales, especially this time of year. Right? It makes it easier to manage our labor. Obviously, we'd always love Dude, to increase listen, sales. Sales, right? sales are
1: king and queen, bro. Yeah, like,
0: I mean it's <laughs> you need it. <laughs> Revenue, baby. Yeah, yeah, and so I look at I look at how we could do this, and like I'm initially going to that conference. I was thinking of a million ways, like I normally do to drive traffic. Yeah, you know, hustling and all the social media strategies and all the different marketing strategies I love. We were talking about, you were talking about just going deeper. That's what I kind of got out of it is like, let's focus on, you know, upselling to our customers, giving even a better experience to them so that they're telling other people about it. Let's focus on rolling out a take and bake line or, and pushing our merch to them over the over the winter, going deeper instead of just trying to pack more cars in there and like less focus on the operations.
1: What we're doing now is we're kind Was of Was I shift, accurate there? Yeah. I think what what's gonna happen now in this conversation, I hope that people are seeing this in reality. We're talking a lot about like behavior and focus and maxims and execution, right? And now what we're doing is we're shifting to economics. And here's the reality. It is far easier and more profitable for your business to add units to a ticket than it is to actually get a new car in your drive-thru. And so when we talk about going deeper, I think that what we have is an opportunity every time that someone decides to vote with their wallet at Thirst, at Dirty Bird, at Ginger Street, at at Sunday's Best, at Costa Vita, whatever these brands are, provisions right down the street, wherever it might be, when someone's already voting with their wallet, they already believe in you. They already trust you. That's you when they mean, trust they you. They came there in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Uh, listen, dude, at the end of the day there's 4700 plus restaurants and bars open in the state of Utah. When someone pulls into the thirst parking lot, it's 4700 to 1. Yeah. Just think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 4700 to 1. So if it's 4700 to 1, dude, go all in. Yeah. Create the most furthering experience possible. Like the most furthering experience possible. That doesn't mean upsell, right? That means create the most furthering experience possible and the fruitful byproduct of that is just more revenue. Yeah. And a greater experience that you believe that people when people leave here with more, it's not like it's just like, oh hey, Thirst is winning, we made more money. It's when people live leave here with more items, it's a greater chance that we have to create their advocacy, to right. gain their advocacy. We get a because a we no more them more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like and we know, dude, tell me this. And dude, by the way, thanks for all your help at Vivint right? But you told me, dude, Michael, I got in because I went in there, dude, and I fed them. And we know that we win in our business when people drink our drinks and like drink our Kool-Aid, drink our drinks, eat our food, eat our treats and meet our people, we win. Yeah. If we're trying to just tell you that message online only or we're trying to send you a gift card or we're trying to email blast or SMS text blast you or email blast you or put up a billboard or send you an ad or you know persuade you online, all of those things are all a part of marketing and strategy and all work to, to whatever level in which we believe they do or don't. But nothing sells our brands yeah. more than them actually breaking bread yeah. with you. Yeah. Right? True. Yeah. And so that's where I look at, dude, it's oftentimes not about just trying to go out and get more people in your drive-thru. It's like, how do we create a more furthering experience with the individuals that are in our drive-thru because they're actually going to put 10 cars in yeah. our line. We're going to buy one. Yeah. We're going to buy one. Yeah. And, Maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and what you yield from her getting 10 of her friends to show up. And the return of the ROI on that, dude, it, it is like astronomically different. Yeah. Than you buying ten cars. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yep. dude, it's 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 like it's literally, dude, it's like a little league football team playing against the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, it's that different. Yeah. It's literally that different.
0: And it's a, it, it's not the first thought of strategy. <laughs> like it's not oh like you're. It's most people kind of default to, it's almost the easier way out to like buy some Facebook ads or something than really Listen, go it's,
1: hone in your It's experience. a funnel, right? The more people you put in, what does the retention look like? So if I continue to put hundreds or thousands, whatever, it's all relative to the size of your business. I'm putting hundreds in, I'm putting thousands in and then what is my retention like? And so like, dude, that was kind of, I'm gonna say the old way of doing business. That's a lot of kind of click funnels and all the stuff that happens anyways. You know this in marketing. That's just a reality. Yeah but very few actually spend their time like understanding why people are retained. Yeah. Like why is our retention higher or lower? Yeah. And if we flip the script to the other side and realize that the funnel is, it's, we don't need to create a funnel to go buy new traffic over and over and over. Let's take what we have retained and turn them into advocates. Let's turn them into brand evangelists. Yeah. And what does that take? And dude, it's just it's a flip of the script yeah. because the approach is different. Yeah. Bro, I can buy I, literally I can buy it right now and I do. In in some brands, especially early brands, dude, I have those kind of you you get it. I'm gonna stereotype for a minute, but like that that rumor, like I you know the MIT dropouts, dude, they're like smoking cigarettes, eating Twinkies, buying traffic online. I do that all the time. Right, but it's a different team that you're investing in, which are like your experience creators, yeah. right? That are in your drive-throughs, that are at your registers. It's you on your social, yeah. Like that's a different approach, and I think if we see them both similarly, if we see that they're both an investment into a future outcome, yeah, you'll succeed. I love it. What What can we leave everyone with? Salt Lake City, <laughs> Michael McHenry, uh, uh, seriously a legend. So, dude. Dirty Bird. Uh, yeah, I mean we list them all off yeah so yeah. where can they go but see before your I creations? go before I go that dude I'm gonna I'm gonna really drop something for it Salt me. Lake City bro I can't wait till I see the opportunity where you and I are arm in arm on a vision together let's go I think I think that will be honestly dude I think that you and I going together arm in arm on something would be just bonkers for this next community. level it's kind of yeah. like it's not the old and new it's like it's just progress it's progression and I think that dude i I think That would be dope. I It'd think be dope. It would be super dope. It'd be super uh, dope. I mean, obviously, right now, the best way to like get to me is obviously on social. Yeah. Um, you know, Michael McHenry, that's just my handle. My name is my handle. That's actually me on Instagram. Um, on these other forums, if you reach out, dude, it's reality is you email me. It's probably not me <laughs> responding to you. If you jump on my LinkedIn, it's 100% not Instagram me. Instagram, it's like, where it's but, at, but, yeah, baby. But Instagram's where the attention is, and that's where I am. So that's a great place. And of course, like Tableside and my brands. Yeah, man. Like, dude, Ginger Street in the heart of the city. Yeah. Uh, Dirty Bird obviously across the state now and soon to be across the country growing rapidly more than eight locations under some form of development currently. Um, of course it's Sunday's best in the heart of Sandy. Um, you know, come in and shake it up. Let's do some pancakes and champagne together. Let's get after it. Oakwood fire kitchen and Draper. Of course, our sister restaurant just down the street here at provisions. I feel like we're really kind of pushing the, the culinary and craft and hospitality boundaries of the community, but I also know that we're very approachable, so I'd love to see anyone and everyone in these dining rooms. Like, high-five me, message me on Instagram if I don't get back to your first DM or your second DM or your third, hopefully, like, the fourth or fifth, especially if it's meaningful. Like, I want to help you. Like, I want to help you win. And so, you know, I guess what I have for the city is like I'm inviting you to join us I'm inviting you to get in your drive-thru I'm inviting people to hopefully pay attention to what we're doing and yeah. we'll be arm in arm in a vision together let's do this um, yeah I'm ready to keep shaking it up let's do it let's yeah. do it well it was a pleasure brother thank you for having me yeah man uh, much love dude love. yeah and many 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 cheers man and thirst is like bro I'm I'm proud of you dude <laughs> I'm proud of you and I don't just tell people about their brands um, I only support the people and minds the things that I believe in and if I thought you were a good dude it'd be great I wouldn't be jumping on your podcast Probably coming through your drive-through or celebrating your brand, but dude, I mean, you saw me introduce you at at uh, that conference not too long ago, dude. And literally, the principles of that conference were literally like, dude, he's our biggest threat. And that's just something to know, dude. When you're shaking up the business, dude, good, bad, or ugly, yeah. dude, it's good to be a threat, and you want to maintain that. So, dude, just stay dangerous, baby. I'm going stay for dangerous. It, I got a lot left in yeah. the tank, you know it. <laughs> let's go, let's go. Thanks, man. All right, man. Cheers.